Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the business journey podcast by Eden Exchange. Today we spoke to Michael McNamara, who is the head of network development at the Concept Date Group in Melbourne. Listen as Michael delves into his background in the sector, the different brands under the Concept Date Group, what is the appeal of the QSR sector, how each brand is growing, and what Concept Date has to offer a franchisee. Listen on to find out more. Welcome everyone, my name is Raghu from Eden Exchange and Ellen Rogers on our team is joining us today. Hello everyone. Today our very special guest is Michael McNamara. He's the Head of Network Development Concept 8, one of Australia's most innovative franchises in the QSR market. Thanks a lot for joining us today, Michael. Uh, thank you, Raghu, and good morning, Ellen. It's a pleasure to be with you guys today and I'm excited to uh, share our, our exciting innovation at Concept 8. Look, we're excited as well, considering how your companies uh, progress. So can you start off by telling us about your professional background and what brought you into the business with Concept 8? Uh, sure. Look, I'm a bit of a, a dinosaur in, in retail operations, I suppose. I've been around for about 20-odd years and specialising in franchising for the last 10. Um, I've worked for some major retail brands like 7-Eleven right across Australia and fell across uh, Concept 8 a couple of years ago. Uh, actually started off doing some consulting for them on, on their uh, franchise recruitment process and been with those guys for the last two years. And what is your current role and how did you first become involved with Concept 8? Uh, my current role is Head of Network Development. So what that entails is obviously our franchise recruitment, site finding and lease negotiation. So quite a bit of pressure on my shoulders because uh, it's up to me to get the growth for the business. Everything sort of stems from me opening new stores and finding the right franchise partners. And as I said, Ellen, how I came across Concept8 was I was doing some consulting for them uh, about two years ago and really found myself immersed in, in the small business. Um, you know, coming from a big organisation like 7-Eleven uh, into a smaller business was, was really nice. You know, I didn't have to fill out forms to, to order a box of pens. It was <laughs> nice and simple. And they're a great family little organisation, and uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed the, the small format and the sort of uh, the closeness of the team, I suppose, uh, and really cross-functional uh, with everybody with the same goal to achieve, which is about you know franchise partner profitability. Excellent stuff. Now, what are some of the unique characteristics of the Concept Eight business, and can you describe the type of people you work? Sure. Um, look, I suppose the biggest characteristic is it's, you know, it's, it's a small company, it's family owned. As I said earlier, it's not that big corporate environment. There's no major shareholders or pressure on the organisation to, to deliver funds for, for dividends. The founders are, are very committed, you know, to, to franchise partner profits. That, you know, that's the main goal of our business. And in fact, when you walk into our office uh, in Abbotsford, our purpose is plastered on the wall uh, for everyone to see. Uh, and what that is, is for us to enable the dreams and aspirations of our franchise partners by providing them our support services, uh, which is kind of how we come up with our name of, of Concept 8. So, you know, as I said, it's a small team. We work very closely with training and marketing and operations. Uh, we're all involved with a, with a single-minded focus on our franchise partners and, and their profitability. And what can you tell us about the different brands under the Concept 8 banner and where are they located? Who are they marketed to? Sure. So the business actually started 24 years ago with Noodlebox as, as the starting brand or the founding brand. Uh, the first store was opened in Chapel Street in Victoria. 
In 2015, they acquired a brand called Walk in a Box, which is predominantly in South Australia and Western Australia. And then about two years ago, we were looking to expand further and add a few more brands to the portfolio uh, and conducted some research into the QSR market to find you know, what customers were chasing in terms of a food offer. The research came back and showed us that uh, in terms of market share across QSR, 35% of the market was in burgers, 20% was in chicken. So based on those stats, we've sought out two further brands and added those into the portfolio. And they are Patty Smith's Premium Burgers and our Korean chicken called Supreme Leader. We are all across Australia uh, in terms of locations, excluding New South Wales, but looking to branch into, into that state as a bit of a strategy for, for later on this year and into, into next year. Excellent, Michael. Now, what are your key brands? How do they leverage off each other and how are they differentiated from each other? Uh, sure. So within the Concept 8 portfolio, there are four key brands at the moment, uh, Noodlebox uh, and Wakanabox, which I'm sure most people are familiar with. But the new players into our portfolio are Patty Smith Burgers and Supreme Leader Korean Chicken. Uh, now, Patty Smith Burgers is a premium burger concept. So we're not trying to compete against Hungry Jack's or McDonald's or Carl's Jr.'s. Uh, it's a premium handcrafted burger. Uh, and how we came up with the name of Patty Smith's was it's all about the burger patty and something like a silversmith or a blacksmith, uh, a patty smith is a master of their craft uh, and, and managing these patties and hand smashing them is the value proposition. Our goal for Patty Smith's brand is to be the number two premium burger um, concept in Australia within the next 18 months. We currently have seven stores that are open and I've got another seven stores in the pipeline to open before June this year. Uh, although given recent circumstances, they may push out a little bit. But we'll certainly have between 15 and 20 stores in the next, uh, next 12, 18 months. Now, that will position ourselves as probably number two or three uh, in the business. We are chasing Grilled, of course. Uh, grilled have about 120 stores, 130 stores, I think, nationally. Uh, we won't catch them in the next 18 months, but we can certainly get ourselves into position number two. So that's our goal for the brand. Uh, and we're looking for great people to come and join part of that. And then Supreme Leader, which is our exciting fried chicken. Uh, fried chicken is a, a really huge segment, particularly on, on delivery. Uh, and again, it's a product that you know, resonates beautifully with the consumer. I don't know anyone who doesn't eat chicken or anyone who doesn't love fried chicken. Uh, and the premise behind Supreme Leader is it, it's a Korean coating, so it's crispy. It actually gets more crispier the longer it sits, and you can actually hear the crunch of the chicken as you bite into it. Uh, you don't get that sort of greasy, oily uh, feeling on your fingers like you might get from, from other fried chicken operators. And again, it's a, a product that just resonates beautifully with consumers. Uh, a range of so, so sources that you would never see anywhere else out in the market. And we've got a big hot and spicy range coming as well. Consumers have told us, you know, that we, they'd like us to ramp up the heat and have a little bit of a challenge. So really exciting for those two, those two brands in terms of their innovation and their growth. And they are between burgers and chicken, that represents over 55% of the QSR market and what people are chasing. So we know we've, we've backed you know, the, the right initiative here. Um, we've put our chips behind these brands uh, and we know that they're going to perform really well because consumers tell us we want burgers, we, we want chicken. Uh, Asian is still very important to us. Uh, it's our founding brands, uh, but Asian is only about 2% of the overall market. And what we are very lucky in the fact is that we do own that Asian space. So when you think about 
you know, takeaway noodles, you know, noodle box is the brand that pops into mind. So we own that. Uh, what we do want to now own is the burger and the chicken mindset. So when people think about a premium burger, they think Patty Smith's. So or when they think about fried chicken, they think Supreme Leader. Uh, so that's our goal for those brands in, in the long run. And that'll come through delivering great food, uh, having a fantastic marketing strategy, and, and having brand stories for each one of these. Uh, now how we do that as well is when we send out our food, it goes out in branded packaging uh, with our brand story on it. And we want people to say, oh, hey, what's what's that brand? I appreciate that people may never have heard of Patty Smith's before, but I guarantee you in the next 12, 18 months, you will know Patty Smith's well. And we will have stores in Queensland, Victoria, South Australia, Western Australia. Um, I've recently just signed a master franchise agreement for Patty Smith's in ACT. Uh, so we'll be one of the first uh, premium burger players uh, in ACT. So very excited by that. Uh, the plan is to have five stores open in Canberra uh, over the next four years. So you can see how quickly the brand can evolve. Uh, and most people I speak to you know, love burgers, uh, which is a good problem to have for me. And when you mention the, um, the brands and the research that has gone into them, how do you market yourself compared to the other the QSR brands in Australia? So how do you differentiate those brands with your customers? Well, our strategy, Raghu, is just to be an affordable, low-risk business. We had a good look at our concepts and you know, there's a lot of other food retailers out there where they're, they're large format. Uh, they may be in shopping centres, which have high rents. So we've really tried to make our model really affordable, low risk and, and, and easy to operate. Um, you know, it's not uh, complicated stuff here to, to cook food, try to make it fairly simple. We don't overspend on, on fit outs. We don't want people having to have huge upfront investments and taking a long time to actually get a return on that investment. So we look for small format locations. Ideally, we look for you know great partnerships with landlords on receiving sort of contributions towards fit outs to minimise costs and just really having uh, you know a really good business model uh, for franchise to see. Uh, we apply a great deal of research, uh, demographic research across any location. Uh, and some of the key indicators for us are things like population. Uh, population is a driver of sales. If you don't have people, you can't you can't make the make the money. Uh, we look at age brackets. So you know who are the customer types. We look at ethnicity, uh, backgrounds, religions, uh, disposable income. So all of that research goes into us uh, determining where a restaurant goes, uh, and is our offer positioned perfectly within that location. Uh, an example of that might be we would look at halal options uh, depending on the ethnicity of uh, of the location. So we've got the flexibility to do all of that and tailor our offers uh, depending on the locations. Fantastic. Now, considering all the research and development that's gone into your brands, how do you compare yourself to other QSR brands in Australia? Um, look, we compare ourselves to a very affordable, low-risk business. Um, it's an iconic brand being Noodlebox. Um, people recognize that brand very well. Uh, and we're looking at sort of further innovation within those brands now um, through our virtual concepts. Um, what we are is, as I say, a low-risk business. We are seeking out, you know, husband and wife teams, owner-operators. As a business, we don't spend a fortune on, on fit-outs in our stores. 
trying to minimise that upfront investment. We offer flexible uh, working hours for husbands and wives. So, you know, if you've got children, by all means, you can get them off to school. You don't need to be in the restaurants until, you know, 10, 10.30 in the morning. We offer comprehensive training programs. So, you know, you don't need to be a master chef or have a business degree to own one of our brands. Uh, we'll fully support you uh, and train you up through through all of that. Uh, and, of course, we do a lot of research uh, in, into our customer base. You know, it's very important that we uh, position ourselves to, to suit the customers in the area. And there's a great deal of local research uh, and demographic profiling that goes into to any location that we open. And we look at key statistics like population. So population is a direct driver of, of sales because you need to have people within the area. Uh, so as an example, we look as a minimum of 40,000 people live within three kilometre radius of the actual store. We also now push that out and have a look at a five kilometre radius, which would be our Uber customer. Uh, and obviously, the more people in those areas are, are going to be good indicators for us for sales. Uh, we also look at ethnicity, religions, disposable incomes, land releases, other businesses, competing interests, all of that research goes into any location before we open it, just to make sure that we've got our sales position very well and we give our new franchise partner every opportunity right at the start to sort of hit the ground running with their business. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you've also done a lot of research and development um, in relation to the, um, you know, the Uber Eats factor that's hit the market you and you've also capitalized that on as well now considering that mobile food delivery service have changed the game in the market um, where does the majority of your revenue come from and and how have you evolved your business model to not just cater to it but actually benefit from this phenomenon yeah, look, uh, the delivery is certainly changing our side of the business for sure. Most of our restaurants actually at the moment still sit at about 60% of walk-in or dine-in customers and about 40% delivery, but that's absolutely growing. And look, if we look at research from overseas uh, in international markets, the trend is that that will only get bigger. Uh, so what has Concept8 done to uh, adapt to that? We have shrunk down the size of our restaurants because the need there is not so much anymore to have big spaces for people to sit in and dine in. We are now adjusting our model for delivery um, and takeaway. The really important thing, though, to, to take note of, of this is that we must ensure that these transactions remain profitable for our franchise partners uh, as I'm sure most people are aware, these delivery platforms do take a commission, uh, which is a percentage of your profit, uh, for, for, for their service. And sometimes a lot of the small businesses or food businesses, excuse me, don't have a lot of margin in them. So to, to have another chunk taken out can have a real impact on, on the profitability. Uh, so about two years ago, we sat down and got ahead of the curve here. Uh, and ensured that we had adjusted our menu and our offers to maintain profitability for our franchise partner, meaning that if a transaction was purchased either a dine-in or via delivery, the profitability remained the same. <clears throat> Excuse me. The other really important thing for, for us is, uh, is loyalty. Uh, so we reward our loyal customers and we have certain programs through all of our brands that, that do that. So, for example, at Noodlebox, we have the, the Noodle Crew. Uh, and every time you purchase a product uh, in our stores, you accumulate points and those points can be used and redeemed for free meals or, or free offers. Uh, and we offer things like free meals on your birthday. So every one of our brands has one of those little loyalty reward programs. 
we do like to encourage people to come into our stores, you know, to experience the theatre. One of our really important factors, particularly in, in Noodlebox and now Patty Smith's, is the open kitchen. So people can experience watching their food cooked fresh right in front of their very eyes. Food is not you know, handed out through a hole in the wall and you can't see what's going on in the kitchen. We want people to hear the, the clanging of the woks and, and see the fire go up into the exhaust and watch their patties being hand smashed uh, right in front of them. It's a really interesting sort of proposition for us. It just proves that our products are fresh uh, and we have nothing to, to, to hide. But we are, we are adjusting to, to delivery for sure. It's a, it's a big part of our business, uh, obviously through IT um, and partnering up with some strategic partners like Uber, Menulog, Deliveroo and DoorDash. They're, they're all important partners for us as, as we go forward. Um, but as I say, the, the key point for us is really just about maintaining profitability by, by using those platforms. They all come with an enormous amount of data and it's really important for us to, to use that data and use them as a marketing tool as well. So we can actually offer promotions through uh, Uber and Menulog now as well, which become more enticing for, for customers to come back and take advantage of, of our deals. Uh, people still like to see a bit of value these days. But uh, yeah, the models are adjusting and I think uh, Concept Data is well ahead of the curve in terms of our format and how we manage those relationships. Now, you mentioned the amount of work you've done in um, you know, evolving and staying ahead of the market. How's that playing now, given um, the trends going on in the economy with um, the, the moves towards delivery, potential isolation as well? Have those all actually helped profitability or see through this current situation? Uh, look, most certainly. It gives us the opportunity to expand our offer out to people that we may never have attracted before. But what we've been doing is absolutely pioneering the way in which our business operates. So to give you an example, we, we have a business, we have, we have a kitchen, um, and we were approached by a few companies to do what's called a dark kitchen, meaning we could have our brand sold out of somewhere without any signage uh, exterior uh, so a customer wouldn't actually see it. But what we realised is that we actually have 110 kitchens already and how could we better utilise those kitchens, again, for our franchise partners to, to maintain profitability. Uh, so Concept8 uh, has, as I say, been pioneering the way with these virtual brands uh, within our stores. The premise behind that is you've already got your, your noodle box or your Patty Smiths, you've already got a set of equipment there, you've already got staff there. But how do we add in another food offering to, to our customers, which utilizes all of that stuff? So we've developed uh, Supreme Leader, we've got a Double Dragon Dumplings, and we've got another one in development at the moment. And this is adding real value uh, in terms of sales uh, and goodwill for our franchise partners. Essentially, they're not paying any more rent to have a second brand in the store. So the costs are already sunk, and this is generating real profit. And again, if we factor in a delivery commission, because these products have got so much profit in it, they are still making really good money. So essentially, we could be offering you know, two brands, three brands, all under the one roof for, for the price of one. It's diversifying a little bit. The products are all aligned, so it's similar food choices. And if a customer actually jumps on a, on a delivery platform, we might be three or four of those actual choices uh, all coming out of the one kitchen. So it's a fantastic initiative. Great for a little small business to be ahead of the curve with this. I'm positive there's a lot of big retailers out there thinking about how they could go about that, but actually haven't worked out how to do it. We've been doing it for almost 12 months now with uh, with our virtual brands and looking to expand it. 
feedback from the franchise partners has been fantastic. Biggest thing that we had to manage with these virtual brands was not to impact the, the operation. So we didn't want to make things more complex for them by adding in more stuff. And we've been able to develop a menu, which is really simple, really easy to do. Uh, you know, even I can pop into stores these days and, and cook the chicken. So it can't be that complicated. And, and, and it's really resonating beautifully with our customers uh, and really importantly with our franchise partners. Uh, and it's added, as I say, instant value to, to their business uh, and absolutely to their bottom line profits. It's quite amazing the foresight the company's had in terms of having the multiple brands, the ability to reduce costs or have sunk costs maintained, while also having the ability to produce a different array of goods to a larger market. You mentioned, you know, it's pretty easy, but it's you've actually distilled a very complicated structure into a very easy to use system. So it's 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 extremely um, innovative and and also practical at once. So look, hats off to you guys. So I think we're 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 very impressed with what you're doing there. Yeah, thank you. Look, Iragu, if nothing, uh, we are nimble. And this is, again, the benefits of a small organisation where, you know, you don't have to have meetings about meetings. We, we get together as an executive team weekly. We, we roll these things out amazingly quickly. But we've got a great team of professionals in there in the office, all very, very experienced on, on what they do. We consider everything. And, you know, of course, we, we make some mistakes along the way, but that's innovation. Uh, you know, you learn for, for making mistakes. If you're not making mistakes, you're not learning is kind of what we say to each other. We're, we're very much a business that's prepared to have a go, as, as I say, and say again, uh, that go is focused on our franchise partners and our business model. Uh, and it's really exciting to be to be part of this, to see these brands come to life uh, and how it's changed businesses and to look at other big rate retailers, which, you know, with big head office expenses that aren't delivering this for, for their franchise partners. And Little old Concept 8 is certainly out there pioneering the way and it's a terrific story to, to tell and we're very, very proud of it as a business and it's just getting bigger and bigger for us. So we're looking forward to the next 12 months. We, we believe we've positioned ourselves extremely well in the, in the market at the moment. We've got a great business model. We've got multiple opportunities. We can tailor a store to be Noodle Box with chicken or Patty Smith's with chicken or Walk in a Box with dumplings. We've got all of these different variations we can actually apply for a franchise partner and looking to expand it even further. It's just about being clever with the resources that we've got, maximising the labour in store uh, and adding adding dollars in, into the till. Yeah, that's the goal. And there you are. Considering you're ahead of the pack, what are, the, what are some trends you're seeing in 2020 and beyond? Uh, look, I think the biggest thing we experience now is absolutely uh, IT and sort of you know mobile phones predominantly. What we're seeing is a bit of a decline now in the need for you know face-to-face service, and we are pushing more towards kiosks and self-ordering. Noodlebox was actually one of the first retailers to actually do that uh, more than 20 years ago. So we actually had in-store kiosks before places like McDonald's, but we're now sort of reinventing what they look like. And, you know, uh, apps, of course, on your phone. So you can jump on Patty Smith's and pre-order your burger before you turn up. What we learn from the kiosks, though, interestingly, is that a consumer will always order more via a kiosk than what they will standing in front of an individual. <laughs> now, whether that's an assumption of, uh, you yeah, know, this guy's going to think I'm ordering so much food, we're not sure, but we, we know that people easily order more on a kiosk. Uh, and the upsell opportunity is so much easier to do. You can just plant 
these little pop-ups to say, you know, would you like fries with that? Would you like a drink with that? Would you like to upsize your, your box? Uh, would you like additional vegetables or, or protein? So it's, it's easy to do. And consumers are now sort of resonating with that. And a lot of the younger customers, that's how they want to order their food these days. That sort of, unfortunately, some of that face-to-face interaction is phasing out through, through IT. So a big program for us this year is to continue with our app developments across the brands and then look at uh, innovation around these kiosks in stores where people can just come in and press buttons uh, and order their food. Now, the benefits are, of course, that that minimises labour costs for franchise partners as well. Um, So you might only need a chef or a cook in store rather than someone sort of standing there serving customers. We still want to have that face-to-face, so don't get me wrong, that's still important to us. But it is a bit of a dying trend in terms of what, what consumers are looking for. We love to say hello to everybody and you know, check they've enjoyed their meal. Uh, you know, could we do anything better? So we still want to ask all those face-to-face questions. But you know, we've got to move with the times as well. And IT and technology moves very fast, as we, as we all know. And we're doing our very best to, to sort of keep up with that trend. Now, for someone listening to this, what can a franchisee expect when taking on a franchise under a concept date banner? And what type of support and, um, and guarantees can you offer them? Uh, look, a franchisee can expect you know, nothing but support for, from us. Um, it's the most important thing. There's loads of franchise opportunities out there. In fact, Australia has the most franchise opportunities per head of population in the world. Uh, so it seems a lot of Aussies want to be, you know, want to be their own boss, and that's something we can certainly deliver. The name Concept 8 actually refers to the eight services we provide to our franchise partners. And those services are marketing. So we obviously promote the business on your behalf, both nationally and locally. Uh, Operations. So we have a business development manager who works side by side with the franchise partners in store on a daily basis. And they give analysis on the business and show you know, where a franchise partner is performing or underperforming and assist them in setting strategies to, to enhance the business. Training, so we provide a comprehensive training program for you at induction. So you spend about four to five weeks working in a store side by side with a, a, with a franchisee and understand how to run and operate the business. It's not learning how to you know, cook noodles or flip burgers. It, it's how to run and operate a profitable business. Uh, We have project development, so we assist you in terms of your store opening and fit out and design and equipment procurement. Uh, We have network development, which is what I head up, and that's about expanding your empire into the future. So looking for you, if you wanted to open a second store, third store, or maybe add in a virtual brand into one of your existing stores. Uh, We have a finance team, so we're right across the financials of every franchise partner, and again, we're supporting them and looking at you know, what are they spending on their expenses or what are they spending on labour? Uh, is it too much proportionate to, to sales? Lease negotiations and rent and minimising those costs for franchise partners. Uh, we have legal teams, so helping you with all of your franchise agreement documents and making sure they're easy to understand and simple. Uh, people can get immersed in the, in the legal jargon very easily, but we're there to sit down with you and take you through the franchise agreement personally, face-to-face, uh, and explain anything that you know, you're unsure about. And, of course, supply chain and menu development is, is, is the last uh, branch of the, of the concept. And that's ensuring that we can get delivery to all of our stores and that we're innovating our menus and offering new products to our customers uh, you know, on a monthly or bi-monthly basis just to keep things exciting for, for consumers. Uh, what we do find is that a lot of people will go back to their standard order 
but it is nice to put new things out on the menu occasionally for people to come and try. An example of that is we've just launched the premium range of shakes uh, at Patty Smith's, which are going fantastically, fantastically well. Customers are really loving those. So just to be able to promote some new things again, you know, through our loyalty programs and our online websites and so forth is really exciting for the brand. But we are all about support. Uh, that's the, as I say, that's the most important thing. And sort of back to my initial questions around the, the organisation. Uh, our founders are, are very focused, firstly and foremost, uh, on supporting franchisees, and that's an absolute selling point for for me. Uh, we're in there working with you side by side. Again, I reiterate the fact that you know we are a small business and we can get out there and we can make decisions fast uh, for you, uh, which is a terrific uh, terrific initiative. Uh, and great to be part of. Now, who who would make for a good franchisee? Uh, look, anybody. You know, we are very broad in terms of our offer. People who are passionate about food is always great, but, you know, you don't need to have this type of experience. We can train you how to cook the food. We can train you how to serve customers. What we can't train you to have is a, is a passion and personality. So you've got to bring that to the table for us and we can manage the rest. Uh, but look, ideally, it's probably a, you know a husband and wife team that are looking to you know work together, be in business together, support each other. You know that's ideal. You know this is a hands-on business. Um, it's not ideally set up for someone looking as an investor. Any franchise really is only going to perform when the person who's got their money on the line is working hands-on in the business, and that's what we see as our, our better franchise partners are the guys working in stores. And I think any franchise would tell you the same. So look, we are open to, to, to anybody. We've got franchise partners from all sorts of backgrounds, uh, all different age groups. You know, we've had people who've been dentists and doctors overseas that have now come to Australia and just want to open their business. Uh, we've got guys that are 23 uh, looking to, to open a store and we've got people that are, you know, 45, 55 looking at this as a you know, lead into semi-retirement. So, you know, it's, it's very broad in terms of you know, who is, is the perfect franchise partner. It's really just someone who's passionate about business, who wants to be their own boss, and who's really going to get the rewards for all their effort comes back to them directly. You know, a lot of us have all worked corporately uh, in our lifetime, and I suppose that's the attraction to, to franchising where you can become your own boss and the effort you're putting in comes directly back to you. Oh, yeah, got it. Excellent. Now... Michael, there'll be plenty of people listening to this, you know, be quite taken by the idea that, and the concept. Look, anyone thinking about taking the plunge into business ownership with Concept 8, what piece of advice could you offer them? Um, and is any food for thought worth noting? And apart from that, what's your process once you um, get in touch with the right person? Uh, sure. Well, look, you know, uh, food is a staple. Uh, it's good news for us. You know, people have to eat. Um, and we've been very lucky through the, the recent COVID-19 pandemic, where our business has actually performed above expectation. Uh, and in some stores, our sales are, are ahead of where we were pre-COVID-19. So that's been fantastic for us. So we, we call ourselves COVID-proof uh, in the office at the, <laughs> at the moment. You know, it's all for us about delivering a great food experience you know, to to our customers. That's you know really one of the most important things for for us, uh, and we need people that can deliver that. So, someone who's got passionate about their food, uh, and what we say is, if you know, if you wouldn't order it or eat it, don't send it out to someone else and expect they they will. 
what we're what the process for us, uh, Raghu, is you know you make an inquiry from us and we support you right from that point right through to the time when at some point yeah you maybe want to sell and move on that that's okay we understand that but the support is there right from the inquiry. We are very open and transparent about the business and we're making sure that it's suitable for for you. That's really important to to us. We make sure you understand what's involved. This is hard work. It's not easy all the time. There will be hard days. There will be long hours. There will be times when staff you know, call in sick and don't show up, and that might mean that you as the franchise owner have to do that extra work. That's all part of running a business. Uh, we don't shy away from telling people that all of these things will, will happen, but it's about job satisfaction, knowing you're doing something for yourself, which is kind of the, the ploy we take. But, yeah, we'll support you right through the, the process. Uh, the timing of that, normally anywhere from uh, four to eight weeks, depending on how fast you want to move. Sometimes people want to take a little bit more time and do a little bit more research or do due diligence, and we absolutely encourage that. There's no pressure on anyone to do anything faster than they, they want to do it. Uh, we'll manage uh, each individual uh, as, as their requirements are needed uh, and sort of match that time frame. But we work with you very hands-on, step-by-step, all the way through. We give you plenty of opportunity to stop, ask questions, do some more research, do some more homework. That's absolutely okay. It's a very overwhelming experience to to buy a business, and we we understand that, and we're professionals at doing it. So we manage people, how they want to go through it and what sort of time frame they need. But again, just the transparency there to, to ask questions. Uh, one other thing we do, probably a little bit different from other franchisees, is we offer a discovery day for, for new franchise partners. So before you agree to anything or sign anything, we want you to go and spend a few hours working in the store just to experience, is this what I want to do on a day-to-day basis? Uh, it gives you a chance to speak with a franchisee or staff away from anybody at head office so you can ask those questions that you may not want to ask of me uh, and get a real insight from someone who is doing it day-to-day and has been doing it for a long period. You know, and ask questions like, you know, do you enjoy this? You know, would you would you do this again? You know, what do you really like most about being the boss, and what do you hate about being the boss? Uh, and getting a real insight. So that discovery day is a really important little point uh, within our process of becoming a franchise partner, I and mean, just trying to give people as much exposure as we can to what it's going to be like. Uh, there's always going to be good times and bad times. You know, franchising is like a, a marriage or a relationship. You know, there'll be laughs, there'll be tears. Uh, All of that will happen, but knowing you've actually got the support is really important Uh, and it just offers a huge level of security, you know, for people looking to get into into business. Uh, Overwhelmingly, people will always say, look, it's a financial decision. I want to make money out of it. We get that. Uh, And I believe we've got the model that can do that. But secondary is that people seek and search for things like support, which we know we've got in spades. People want systems because if I don't have the experience, how do I know how to run and operate a business? We've been doing it for 24 years and got very, very proven systems of operation. We know our system works. The success of it depends on the individual. Uh, And of course, people want security. Uh, They want to know that their business is viable. Uh, And as I said before, the good thing is that, you know, food's always going to be around. It's just about being ahead of the game uh, and giving people new food choices. Now, if you think about, even just delivery as an example, think back five years ago, if you wanted to order some food on delivery, uh, it was pro- predominantly pizza because that was your only choice. Now I can have anything delivered pretty much. You know, People are Ubering 
uh, Red Bulls or, or a coffee. It's really down to that degree. So, uh, you know, we're adjusting our model to, to have all of that. And it's really exciting time for, for us as a business. So we're looking forward to the future. Uh, we're looking for great people to partner with. You know, it's really important that we get the, the right people, but making sure that our model is right for them as well. So, you know, whilst there might be a lot of people that want to come in and buy the business, that's great. We, we do make sure that it's suitable for, for both. We will ask franchise partners to go away and, and think about a business plan. We understand it's very hard to write a business plan about a business you might not know a lot about, but it's about thinking uh, what their goals might be and then how us as a business can help them achieve those. We don't ask people to come up with 50 goals because we know you'll never achieve that. So it's a matter of coming up with what are the three most important things for you uh, in your first three months, six months, 12 months, and how us as a business can help you achieve those. Uh, And what we find is we get that engagement with franchise partners and that engagement absolutely drives performance and these stores take off with a great deal of passion and excitement because people are very focused on what they want to achieve. We also get franchise partners to do a budget. So it's really important to do your cash flow and understand what your return is going to be. I'd love to sit in front of someone and say, you're going to earn a million dollars by earning a noodle box next year, but that's simply just not the reality. Uh, So we manage the expectation. And as I said earlier, uh, the real value of the business and and, and the bottom line profit depends on the individual. Every single time, 100 times out of 100, I speak to someone, they say, you know, how much money am I going to make here? What's my return? And my answer is simple. That's really up to you. The effort you put in will determine that return. We've got the systems. We give you the support. We give you the security. It's now up to you. Uh, It could be anything. Your potential here is uncapped, as is your income, which is really exciting. I'd love to say people, yeah, you're going to earn a fortune. And look, they can. And we're adding value into these business in terms of goodwill by adding these brands on at no real additional cost to a franchise partner for, for that initiative. So a very exciting concept, very exciting times ahead. Um, we're looking forward to the rest of 2020, although it's not been a fantastic start for, for, for anyone in the world 2020. So we're maybe right off the first couple of months, but the second half of 2020 and certainly into 2021 will be very exciting for, for Concept 8 and people looking to join uh, uh, into our portfolio. Fantastic. Look, fantastic stuff. Look, in terms of, um, look, we do encourage anyone interested listening to, you'll have a contact us box near the podcast. So please put your name down and one of the team will be in touch with you ASAP to, to get the ball rolling with the company. Um, look, Michael, it's been a, a pleasure speaking to you. It, it's very um, you know, it's very positive, very enlightening, and also it's great to see companies doing great things um, and adapting and even beating the market in terms of what's going on right now. So it's been an absolute pleasure. We'd love to have you gone in soon for an update on how you're traveling over your expansion as well. Sure. Thank you. And look, I would just say to, to any listeners, you know, take the opportunity, just do an inquiry. It's, there's no obligation. There's no cost to do this. We will have a very open and frank conversation with you, talk about our model uh, and whether it's suitable for you. I think if we're given the opportunity, you would find that we are very exciting and very innovating business and we can adapt our model to suit you. So, yeah, I encourage you to just reach out. I promise I won't bite you <laughs> and we'll have a good frank talk about you know how our business can work together with you and can we deliver on, on our purpose about enabling the dreams and aspirations for you as an individual uh, by becoming a business owner with Concept 8. So thank you, Raghu. I've appreciated the time and the opportunity. And yeah, would love to come back and, and give you an update in a couple of months. 
just as a final note before I leave, we, we are working on another virtual brand which will be ready to launch out into the marketplace in, in mid-May. So we're very excited by that. I'll just keep it under my sleeve at the moment what it is, but it's a very popular uh, food choice and I'd be very excited to launch that uh, into store shortly. So, yeah, very excited about that and would love to come back and give you an update on that one uh, in a couple of months once it's up and running. Excellent. Looking forward to that and thanks for leaving us hanging with that one. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but we're, we're going to keep our eyes peeled for that one because it's always great to have an addition to the brand suite. There. Fantastic. So thanks again for that, Michael. Thank you, Raghu. Appreciate your time. Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In the substat, we spoke to Michael McNamara, who was the head of network development at Concept Day Group in Melbourne. To find out more about the brands under the Concept Day Group, or to discover other episodes by Eden Exchanges, head to our networking website, businessbyinvest.com. You can also subscribe to the series on iTunes, or Stitches if you're using Android. Find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram for recent info on the buying, selling, and investing world. Thanks for listening. Flashlight.